Welcome, Red Cube listeners. We are delighted to welcome our next guest to the show, Aileen Bailey, a HR director from the IRFU. Aileen, you're very welcome. Thanks for being here, Carl, and thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Aileen. We really appreciate your time. So um, we're looking forward to the conversation today. Uh, the IRFU have spent uh, a lot of time introducing really progressive work practices for their their people. So we're, we're looking forward to hearing more about that. But before we get into that, Aileen, you might share with the listeners um, a sense of your own career path to, to date and how you've ended up in the current role. No problem at all. Um, well, I would have gone to college and DCU doing a business degree with a specialism in HR in the final year. I would have graduated from there in 2004, which is a while ago now. I've worked in HR um, actually since since I graduated. I've been lucky enough. Um, I worked in AIB. I worked in recruitment for a stint. I worked in airline and comms also in HR roles. And I would have worked in um, two sporting bodies, one obviously the RFU where I am now. And before that, I worked for the FAI for five and a half years. So um, it's been a busy and varied um, career to date. Why HR, Aileen? Is there something particular that draws you to HR? Yeah, a few people have asked me that in the past. And um, we did some kind of module in business studies and I just had it in my head from then that I wanted to work in HR. Um, I'd done a couple of summers in my teens in my dad used to work in an insurance company, a health insurance company. And I'd done a couple of stints. And then for my final one, they invited me to work in the HR department. So I was I was delighted, um, a HR geek, delighted to go in and see what it was all about. And I think it was the chat people. I would have always been a kind of a chatterbox, probably more so in my teens and 20s than I am now. But um, definitely wanted to be in a role that would make a difference, a caring type role. Um, and that's what I saw at the time. HR was very much, you know, um, just looking after staff, making things better um, for them. And that's how I saw it. And I would get to interact with people and not necessarily be, you know, stuck to a desk. Um, it, that that kind of um, really excited me at the time. I really wanted, I think, HR um, the area of HR that I was really interested in was probably um, recruitment. You got to meet new people all the time. and um, But quickly through my roles, my roles have always been HR generalist type roles. So a lot of variety with that. And that's what I enjoy. I know a lot of people go and specialize, you know, which is great. And they come, become kind of an expert in a particular area. But I've always enjoyed. And as far as I know now, I will continue to do that. Definitely work in those um, generalist type um, areas. So, yeah, I just, I've just always wanted to work at HR, so I hope that's answered it. Aileen, you're talking to a fellow HR geek here as well, so we're in good, we're in good place. Yeah, you, you talked about recruitment there, so, so thinking about recru- recruitment, right, talent attraction, um, I'm thinking about the IRFU as well, um, as a, you know, as a brand, as a well-known brand, well-known entity. Is there... Any challenges for the IRFU to attract talent? If so, what are those challenges? Is it easy to attract talent? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question because I think people would assume the IRFU, the brand, we're got, we are going to attract lots and lots of interest, and we do. Um, just feedback I've had over the years, just chatting to different people within the network, they don't realise, I suppose, how big the IRFU is, that it has the normal departments that anyone else has. So it's been great working with the likes of yourself and great place to work to get our name out there so people understand there is a kind of a business behind the team. 
a lot of people's only interaction with the IRFE or what they would know is to go to the Aviva Stadium or, um, you know, the local province and um, attend a match or travel overseas, whatever they do. But I suppose they'd never think about it. And why would they? I always wonder if people realise, you know, what, what, what goes on kind of behind it. Um, so in terms of attraction, we, we often have very a lot of interest and definitely pre-COVID, there was never an issue. It's always kind of a little bit more difficult in maybe your analysis roles, in your medical roles, because you, you're probably looking for someone who has that sports slant or has that sports experience in there. But just for a general business roles, it was never, never an issue. There was always plenty of um, applications coming in and really, you know, a high caliber um, of candidates. So but I think since COVID, I think. We seem to have the same challenges as as everybody else, all the other HR people I'm speaking to. And it is difficult. Um, it's a competitive market out there. So we've had to stay, um, you know, I suppose, up to date in terms of our offerings generally, um, just even in terms of, you know, our well-being, diversity, just to keep up to speed with all of that. I think sometimes when you're going into interviews now, and it's definitely not a bad thing, I feel like I'm being interviewed myself. People are wondering um, you know, what what can you do for me? And that's perfectly OK, because, you know, then if they do achieve and they are offered the job and they accept it, that they really are invested in the rant and they want to work there and they have their reasons for doing that. And it's great to be hiring people, like minded people and people, you know, are going to be ambassadors, um, you know, for the brand and believe in what we're doing. And a massive part of our business is obviously rugby. That's that's what we do. Um, but we also want to be known um, to have, you know, a happy, engaged, healthy workforce um, sitting around all of that. So that's really, really important to us. So, yeah, we definitely do have challenges. Um, we can't definitely can't sit back on our laurels when it comes to recruitment. We're out there advertising. We're out there trying to get our, you know, our brand um, out centre, front and centre in front of people. We have... Um, a new HR or not a new HR person that we don't we have a new uh, director of communication starting uh, Eva Clark in July and um, I'm really looking forward to her starting in I've spoken to her met her a few times and we're looking forward to um, work with her as a HR team on the employer branding and seeing how she can kind of help and together we can kind of push that forward it is de- definitely something that it needs to be continually worked on um, to make sure that we're, we're we're out there as an uh, employer of choice hopefully yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and thinking about kind of okay, sometimes we or you find find yourself being interviewed right by the the, the candidate, right? But the reality is we have to sell our culture and we have to sell our our, our practices. And and um, I, I'm interested in kind of you know, could you give people a sense as to some of those practices that you have in place in the IRFU for your existing people, or you might find yourself selling to new people? Like what what are those? practices that you have and what kind of forms the practice that you choose to introduce because I, I know you're refreshing all the time yeah we're definitely refreshing all the time we're um it's great to be part of the great place to work network because you're kind of hearing what's going on and the different webinars that you guys put on are really really helpful so you hear kind of what's working for others and how you can maybe replicate that or adjust it for yourself so yeah we're we're We'd be all quite active on LinkedIn as well and, and watching what other companies are doing. And um, because I just feel like you just need to stay ahead of that. So um some of the things I suppose over the last 12 months we would have introduced is that um show us your leave kind of campaign kind of jumped um onto that. So that would be, you know, your first day of school, your um your half day self-care days and just basically outlining all the different leaves that that we give just to showcase them. Um 
for obviously externally and internally. And sometimes it's good to, even to take stock and realize all the things that you did introduce um, yourselves. We have we have a team um, huddle in place or employee forum that's in place. We would work with them um, quite heavily. And we meet kind of every six to eight weeks and see, I suppose, what's the, the temperature on the ground? What are people looking to, to see, change uh, and introduce? And we would definitely go to those meetings looking to, um, you know, see when we can put the different actions in place. Like we would be quite a, an active um, group. And then obviously different surveys like your, yourselves with the, the great place to work. They're fantastic. And I'm sure that your colleagues go mad. I'm straight as soon as we get the report, I'm, I'm flicking to the back to see, OK, what's been said? Um, what do people want to see? And um, I just like to be, you know, on a journey and um, making progress all the time. You'll have seen, obviously, that we introduced the family friendly policies over the last 12 months and they've they've gone down um, really, really well. Someone actually challenged me a couple of weeks ago and said, like, you know, you have something there about, you know, surrogacy that hasn't come up for us at all. And yeah, no, it hasn't come up for us as yet either. But it's it's about having those policies in place that when it does or it might never, it doesn't matter that it's it's there and showing that we are open to this. And um, myself and um, Linda, my head of HR, would, would have talked about this um, a lot over the last few months. I have no idea what's what's around the corner, what's down the line. It's about staying agile and only increasing that and, you know, fleshing it out um, further as we as we move along. I suppose the message we're trying to get across to our own staff and, and, and staff, our future staff, is that this company are open to hearing what I need and sit down and have a conversation with me about what's going on for me, for myself, for my family or whatever the, that is, and um, putting that kind of arm around them and supporting them through that. So by no means do I think that we have um, a list of policies that are, are there and, and stand set in stone. We'll obviously need to adapt them as we as we go as well. So we would review our policies every year as well. But they've gone down really, really well. Even um, the maternity policy, um, we would obviously have had a maternity policy in place, um, you know, since since day one. But we have um, included a phased return to work there. So many of your listeners, I'm sure, have that in already. But that's something relatively new to us. Probably 12 to 18 months ago, we put that back that back in, and it was through feedback from um, our our colleagues coming back from maternity leave and. It is a juggle. I know myself, I have a 12 and a nine year old. And when I was coming back um, to work, like it's it's a lot of a change in routine for everybody um, in the house. And, you know, they come back, you know, a couple of days and kind of build it up over um, a series of weeks. And it just helps with that transition and the feedback from the staff um, has been really, 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 really positive on it. I think it's just really helpful. But um, again, it's just a policy to show that we really do care and we're listening to um, our staff and their needs. So it's gone down very well. Brilliant, Elena. And the, the team huddle piece has interested me there, right? So so who who is who is part of that? How often do you meet? Give us a sense as to kind of what we talk about in the team huddle. Yeah, team huddle are employee forum. So they named us team huddle. Um and basically there are representatives from each area of the business. HR sit on it, but there's representatives from each area of the business and different levels within the business. So you don't have to be a, a director or manager or a staff. It's it's definitely a mix. And we would discuss different topics, maybe policies that we're looking to bring in, things that are happening. They feed in, give ideas. So after the meeting, they would go back and chat to their um, departments and um, update them and then and bring it back in. So we meet every six to eight weeks. Um, we do obviously interact in between times. 
we've had that employee forum um, in place for probably about six years now, um, or maybe a little bit more, um, maybe six and a half years. But I was never so glad that we had it in place that when we know when it came to COVID, um, along with all the well-being initiatives that we had in place, you know, when you come into COVID, then it wasn't brand new. People kind of understood what the the remit was, although we weren't meeting in person, it was um virtual. So we do now a combination of um virtual and in-house um meetings with that. But it's helpful to us anyway, because we would have um We've offices from 10 to 12. We have staff out in NACE, which is our logistics centre. We have other staff in the high performance centre and then others now obviously based remotely um, around the country. So um, the, the virtual comes into play very well there. So it's a great way of creating connection as well with people in different parts of the business. Oh, it really is. It really is. I worried um, when um, COVID hit for many reasons, obviously, like everyone else. But I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, like, what are we going to do in terms of my role? and HR like I really take huge value from what I refer to as the drive-by conversation so people that just kind of land in to talk to you about something but then it it kind of evolves into something else I was like I'm going to miss that but like are we going to be missing um a trick and not understand what's going on for for people and for departments so that really did um did concern me um, I would spend a decent amount of time in the office. We have a policy in place that it's um, two days in the office, um, three at home. But I would I would spend more time than that in the office. And it's good just to get up out of your seat and, and wander around. We also have um, uh, a company day. So um, it's kind of the last, usually the last week of each month. It's the Wednesday. And we get everyone together that day. So there could be a town hall on um training different things but it, it allows people to, to kind of get together um in the canteen we do um payday pizza um every month and that goes down quite well and um, we are based over um three floors so when i would have started back eight and a half years ago um people the feedback we would have gotten there was a survey done before i came in and the feedback in there was that there was there wasn't really relationships between each department they just weren't working together and um not actively not trying to work together they just weren't working together because it didn't naturally um work together so this introduction of payday pizza really helped like they're just such a great crew um in the IRFU like they're just there's a great energy from the staff and um they really enjoy any kind of staff gatherings or the payday pizza or whatever's going on um they they really do kind of throw themselves into it so it's good Pizza's good, isn't it? Pizza, pizza's yeah, pizza's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether our nutritionists would agree, but um, <laughs> it's, it's um, no, it's it's great. It is good. I mean, everyone's allowed to well-being. It's all about balance and all that. But I mean, I suppose we could have done any kind of food in the canteen. But I think a pizza, you're not necessarily going to get up and, and go back to the desk. The sandwich, you might. And um, I mean, even people don't eat pizza. They come up anyway, have a cup of tea, and um, there's always a nice. Um, there's kind of a nice noise uh, and hustle and bustle in the office on that day. I love, um, I love company today. And as we come out of COVID, it's interesting. It's in, we have to force these connections a little bit more. Almost, it's like it, it's needed, isn't it, across all workplaces? Just these connection moments. Yeah, you really do. And I think it was oh, like reminding um, managers just to, to kind of bring it as part of the day that they need to kind of reach out and. You know, not necessarily keep a log, but definitely make sure that they're interacting. Because some some managers have bigger teams than others, or would naturally be speaking to um some other team if they're not working on the same project. So it's 
just to make a conscious effort that you are picking up the phone. And during COVID, um, we certainly in the RFU had a lot of staff that would have been, um, you know, maybe living alone or um, maybe had moved home out of Dublin or, you know, lots of different scenarios going on. So it was really important just to keep um, the connections up for, for lots of reasons um, and try and, try and get the team even together on a, on a team's call and that kind of thing. So definitely in, in, in work, we obviously have a company day, so everyone will get together. But then each week, um, departments have a core day that they would kind of make sure that they they get into the office and, and get in together. And that's, that's not saying that would work for the company down the road. That's just what, what works for us. Um, I'm not sure we'd ever go back to full time in the office. I think people are enjoying um, the sense of hybrid and work-life balance a bit too much. Um, obviously, we have a kind of a two separate sides to our workforce. We have the, the high performance side, so the rugby side, and they would be in because they're working with the teams. So we have a high performance center out in Abbottstown and um, we have a full-time women's program there and sevens program, men and women's um, out there also. So all the staff that would be around there, around work around those teams, sorry, would be um, would be in five days a week or traveling with the teams. So it's really only um, 10 to 12 um, Lansdowne Road that would do the the hybrid. Where the other, the other um, set of staff can, they absolutely do. But um, usually they'd be in kind of Monday to Friday. They could be given like, you know, physio appointments, could be nutrition. You know, it, it could be the admin or program manager that, that need to be kind of around the team. And obviously the, the teams that are attached to um, the High Performance Centre would be in on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, so it's, you know, trying to find what works for, for each. Of course. Yeah. And it's great that there's that level of trust in place that you can allow for this conversation, allow for flexibility. Um, people, as you said, have different things going on in their lives as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think it's 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 when people are forced to a certain rigid set way of working is where yeah. I think the challenges can 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 kind of come in. So so Ira, if you were a recent winner of a special award at the Great Place to Work Awards, have to mention that because I know you won't mention it. So. <laughs> Congratulations on that, right? So, you know, we saw a multitude of inclusive practices from the IRFU and very much speaks to what you spoke about earlier on, Eileen, which is this kind of commitment to improvement. You know, how can we improve things? Um, the You know, there's, there's lots of practices I could pick out. Did the carers support leave? Um, how does that work, uh, Eileen? Um, what's available for people? That was one thing that interested me. Yeah, um, we've we've lots of different sports there, and we were very we were absolutely delighted and surprised and equal measures on the night when um, when um, or the name was announced when you started um, or Jim, I think it was. I can't even remember; it's all a blur. Um, started reading out the policies. I was like, oh my god, that's us. Um, so it's taken me a bit of a fright, <laughs> and I was never so glad. Um, when your colleagues come over to say, you know, this this way, you need to go up and collect the um award. He quickly said to me, "You don't have to say anything." I was like, "My God!" Well, <laughs> uh, honestly, I um, yeah, you're right. I probably wouldn't have brought it up, but um, it's it was amazing. I was absolutely delighted. I was um very happy going home in the car that night. I really was, and um, the whole team was really really proud of what's achieved. And then it's back to kind of reassessing. Okay, well, we are doing we're doing something right and it's being recognized so it's um it was a it was a happy HR day that day we've always had kind of a carer's leave in place um but we felt there was a there was a couple of needs um across the business at the, the time so that's what kind of drove um that policy and then 
I suppose the whole suite of family friendly policies was was born out of that. Um, I'd heard definitely from um, one of um, the great place to work family, I'll call it, um, about kind of, um, it might have been on a webinar or in an in-person event about kind of family policies. So this was a good while ago and I started kind of looking into it further and I felt it was the natural next, next step for us. Whatever policy we look at, we always look to try and do the best we possibly can. We just we wouldn't just do the minimum for anything. We would always look to do that little bit more. And if we're unsure at all, like we chat to the likes of IBEC, we'd chat to yourselves, uh, you know, Fania, Jim, and um, we'd reach out to our network to see, you know, what was happening. If there there isn't anything kind of there, um, we would always then go back and obviously sense check it in with um, the, the team huddle and, you know, just to see that we're on the right track. Um, we were really proud when the family friendly policies were were being launched. I felt like we we kind of really turned a corner with our whole offering for staff. And I mean, I'm sure there's be a lot of um, companies listening today that have family friendly policies in there already. But um, this was definitely a, a big, big milestone for us on our, our journey to better. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, um, I'm just delighted that they're in place. But again, a journey and always looking to to tweak and improve as much as we possibly can. And the more traditional view of family families, right, and family friendly policies is we see families in a certain way. And of course, families show up in different ways now. Right. And, and, Absolutely. and that's why it's so important to have such a range, I would say, of inclusive practices. Um, Kind of where we're not leaving anyone behind. But this is it. That, and that's exactly the message you're trying to get across. And as I said earlier, you you mightn't cover every single angle because there's going to be more that will come down the road. And it's about, I suppose, kind of setting your stall out that the staff understand that you're prepared to listen and act on whatever their need might be. And let, like, you know, let's let's chat about it and see like we'd be um We've had an EAP in place for um, since since I started. We've had an EAP in place, and we switched providers a couple of years ago. And you know, there's, there's good um, kind of communication between the two. Obviously, it's a confidential service, but you do get some um, feedback on different areas that need to be um, addressed. And obviously, people come and chat to you about different things. Menopause, for example. So we're you know we've done um, a huge exercise there. There's a lot of education going on. There's obviously a policy in place. There's education for everybody. Um, we're honing in and doing education for um, managers now as well. So just so you know, everybody's kind of equipped um, and kind of educated in terms of of what to do. Um, other what else have we we've we've worked with um, women's aid over the last twelve months as well. Um, in terms of their training and they've done um some some great training um with us that's been kind of well received you just never know who that's going to hit home with um either themselves or in their um their friend network or or whatever it might be but i think it's important um to be i think there's an expectation anyway you need to be looking after staff in kind of every aspect so, so it is so important that uh, managers are understand and aware and are educated about what's there practices how to speak to people what sort of things are you thinking about for the education of managers piece what what specific things are you looking to do there so we have a people managers group so we have three different groups actually set up um within the RFU so we have our team model as we discussed the employee forum we have mental health first aiders that are 
trained or in the business and they get together kind of every six to eight weeks as well and um assist us we kind of together we work on on that offering and education and awareness around that and then lastly we have the people manager group so they could um we refer to people as people managers um that obviously that that manage people or they could be um that kind of program manager level as well so um we would work with that group um on the different feedback we would get from our great place to work survey for example on areas that they might have honed in on that needs um improvement or um change and we'd, we'd work with them a lot so the education will be kind of focused at them and the senior leaders just um to get them on board to, so they understand and they're fully equipped because everyone's really really busy but no one wants to come into a conversation and not kind of know where to signpost somebody or you know what to say it could be some some conversations that staff will come to with can be uncomfortable for some people so you want to make them as comfortable as they possibly can and they feel kind of ready for these but I think education just in general with policies is just so important there's no point in having a shiny policy and having it on the shelf you need to get it out there and um just kind of shout it from the rooftops make sure whatever if you have an intranet or whatever way you communicate your policies I think there's no harm um to come back and um kind of revisit them so we kind of launched our family friendly policies and that was great and it was whatever 16 page document and people read it or they didn't and um they certainly said they did they you know they did they said they read, read them but it's important to do the education so it could be at a town hall that you do you know um look at all the policies in you know detail you put some education maybe an online uh some kind of online portal puts put stuff up there we would have linked in with um our provider wellness provider so we use umbrella wellness for our wellness portal so we would talk to them regularly about you know what's kind of gone on for us and different feedback we're we're getting or if we're launching like those those policies and see how can they kind of complement them so you know can you get a speaker in to talk about x you know is there is there any support for y and and that's how we do it but i think there's no harm in doing refreshers every now and again, because sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming if someone gets a, a document in and there's kind of four or five areas in it. And it's not the area that they're necessarily going to get excited about. I'm very excited, <laughs> but they're not necessarily going to be excited and they have 900 other things to do. So in we would have weekly um, director calls. So like if there's you know anything like that launching or some education needed or a speaker coming in for whatever it is, and um, I would make sure I let the director group know. So we would always let the director group know, OK, these are these this is launching, this education's happening, this person's coming in just so they're aware so they can talk to their own staff in their own um, weekly meetings. And um, so they're not caught off guard in any way. And um, just to make sure that we're kind of, you know, circling back and um, making sure the management um, understand. But I think you do need to kind of continually bring um awareness to it and maybe reminders in your your well-being weeks or you know whatever is appropriate but just it's not they're not there to be left on a shelf and um no one to know anything about it's really important that you have your um ambassadors or your employee forum um reps that they understand what's going on and what policies are available because the last thing you want is someone to come to go oh, i didn't realize he did that i mean that that might happen anyway but you just have to do your utmost to make sure that it's it's out there in in whatever form that you can. Yeah, and and, and you, 
you, you don't want a manager to direct somebody to a HR handbook if they're asked a no. question. Course, you want no. them to know the practices, be able to speak into them as well, I guess. Yeah, as much as they possibly can. And I mean, you're going to have different levels of that, but at least if they have the high level, this is kind of what it's about and this is what we're trying to achieve by this. But, you know, maybe do refer them to the policy, have a little look at it and we can sit down and chat. And if you do want to chat to HR, you know, please do or, you know, whatever. And just to make sure that they're um, circling back with the employee to make sure that their their query is sorted or um, they're, you know, they're, they're content um, with the information that they got. Absolutely. We we know um so a couple of important things been on the Great Place to Work program. It's a it's yes, yes, it's about improvement, right? And that's come across really strongly is that focus on improvement and how do we get better. And also it's about celebrating what we do well and showcasing what we do well and our successes. Um one of the things we've seen with some sporting organizations, right, not the IRFU, is that the improvement piece is absolutely there. How do we get better? How do we improve? What can we do next? That's absolutely there. And sometimes we see maybe, um, is it a fear or a, or a worry about acknowledging success or what we do well or talking about strengths? Um, is there is that something you think about, Ellie, in terms of the balance in the IRFU? Yeah, like it, it's something we need to remind ourselves about taking stock. And I think the the framework and the whole process of the great place to work is 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 good for us because it lets it kind of stops you in your tracks and has, you know, you're able to look back and look forward. Okay, what have we achieved? What do we need to change to become better? Or else if you don't have have that, I'd worry that, you know, you just end up kind of meandering on and, you know, maybe achieving in some aspects, but maybe not holistically. For me, it's definitely to get that kind of live information back out. How are people feeling? Um, you hope that there won't be too many or any surprises in there, but if there are, there are. And just to have a look and see um, what action um, needs to be taken. You don't run at it either. You do definitely have to have plans. You need to like have a proper strategy and not trying to you know run before you can walk. Definitely set out, start small, do you know consistently um, be kind of plugging away at it and you know just keep eyes forward and just keep going because it can get disheartening at times like when we started at the beginning and um, some people were absolutely yay this is great like I, I want to get involved in this and others were kind of what's what's going on and same with anything people stand back and think what, what are they going to do here and I'll just watch for a bit and and see if this is for me so we had a bit of that at the start which is absolutely fine but you know um uh, I've, I've said this previously I um there were different speakers I would have brought in or, you know, different things I would have arranged and numbers at the start would have been small coming. And I was thinking, what on earth is going on here? Why is everyone not as, you know, enthused as, as us, like as a HR team, why are these people not coming? But I think you just have to be really, really patient um, with it. And you just cannot do any of this alone as a HR department. Like you definitely need your, your ambassadors around the business, whatever you call them in your um, your particular business and have them out, you know, talking to people, listening and feeding back in. And it's it's seen as, you know, a company wide thing rather than something being kind of preached from HR. The senior management team are also really, really important. Having a, a CEO and director team that are open to all of this. And I, I know there'll be people listening here thinking, oh God, mine, mine isn't, or I'm not sure how it would land with the leadership um, group. But I think if you just kind of sit back and think, what are the quick wins? If you do have any skeptics, what are the quick wins? And um, what is going to be meaningful for them and their role? 
and start off that way and then kind of build and just just keep going. You'll have other people thinking I don't have a budget for, you know, for for these kind of initiatives, maybe that the IRF you're doing. I, I'd imagine they have a massive budget and we, we didn't have a budget and now we do have one. And is it massive? No. Is it is it good? Yes, it, it absolutely is. But I've worked in places we've had we've had no budget at all. And it's about looking at the resources that you do have and seeing what you can utilize. So you could have, you know, people in your business. Um, I didn't always work in sports businesses, but you have people in your business that have, you know, are qualified yoga instructors or nutritionists or interested in knitting or have a language or whatever it is that can kind of add value or people just generally who are interested in well-being and are looking to club together and put some ideas and um, help you with that strategy. Julia, how, do, how does the next, this is a big question, right? but how does the next 12 months look like for the IRFU in terms of focus, approach? Uh, is it keep consistent, same as what you've always been doing or any any insights you can share around that, Aileen? Yeah, I think it is about staying um, consistent. We've introduced um, an awful lot over the last 12 to 18 months. There's been lots of change with the shows to leave the different policies and I think we're just going to stay steady for the next um, year and just really kind of make sure that these policies are embedded and we'll still work with um, different organizations from time to time and bring them in and um, and keep listening to our EAP, keep listening to our employee forum and um, adjusting as, as needed. We are, we would always do kind of wellness weeks across the year. So we do, you know, three kind of wellness weeks um across the year so it's it's building on that too and and kind of making them uh you know letting them be a little bit bigger each year um so elaine um my colleague in hr she um organizes and runs all of those but i think in general in hr we're really looking to just kind of keep the ship steady make sure we're embedding um what we do have in place because i think we made a huge amount of road for us in kind of 12 to 18 months so I just want to make sure that we're not just throwing more things um you know in kind of needlessly when um we might need to now having said that we constantly are looking to see what what is going on there and if we need to add to anything we 100% will um and I love hearing new things that are happening because you're thinking okay but this is the next challenge like I don't leave my house um five six days a week um not to be challenged um, and I think that's just the attitude I've had since I, I've started work. I want to be kind of making a difference and making things better as I go. I mean, with HR, you can sit back and just kind of do the, the transactional, the admin and, and all that side of things and maybe ignore, um, you know, the, the well-being um, side. I don't think it's really an option um, now. I don't think it's something that ultimately you'd you kind of get away with and it's not something that I'd want to do like I really enjoy it and um, so I think it's it's worth it it's worth putting and um, the effort in like there's there's nothing better when people are happy and engaged um in the workforce you obviously get a huge amount out out of them and they get a huge amount out of it and I, I know that focus on whole self is, is is important for the IRFU right so how do we encourage people to be themselves think about people that work for us in their whole self, their personal, their professional life. Any advice you would give to yourself starting off on your HR career? I would have been um, a nervous Nelly coming out of school, out of college probably, and 
probably worried. I put a lot of pressure on myself. I probably still do um, to an extent, but not as much as I did back then. And it mattered so much that I went down that HR path. Like I kind of achieved what I wanted to, to achieve. I, I did my leaving search and repeated it um, to get into the course I get into in DCU. So it meant a lot. Like I'd worked hard to get in and worked hard while I was there. So I probably just tell myself to relax a little bit and it will happen. But also anyone kind of at the start of their journey, I think just make sure you soak up as much as you can from as many people as you possibly can. If you're if you're in a kind of um, HR department with a few people, just be, be listening to what's going on, be interested and um, kind of attach yourself to those that are that really enjoy HR and, um, you know, network on on LinkedIn go to different events like the great place to work and 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 various ones like that because it's it's really good just to listen to what's what's going on it just helps you learn and think so I just think be be really really open don't be setting your ideas about anything and um just keep going keep reading and um it's not probably all I read actually HR stuff which is quite sad but yeah HR um different journals and continue learning so like over the years I've done like lots of kind of different leadership um, courses, you know, like the few days here and there. I've also done um, a couple of diplomas in coaching, um, one that would have focused kind of on corporate well-being, and I've done employment law. I'm hoping to go back and do my master's. Um, we're wishing for, wishing for more work, but I'm hoping to go back and do my master's in um, in September, which will be in HR and leadership. So, um, and if you do want to stick to, like I did the generalist route, obviously. But if you do, is there, if there is a particular area that you're um, interested in, obviously try your best to get there. And I think be open in your performance reviews with your, your managers or with the company, whoever your answer related to, and just, just be honest and say, listen, loving what I'm doing, but I, I would love an opportunity if there was one to get in, in here. I, I'd really like uh, to do that and just put up your hands for things um, just to get gain other experience. Yeah, you mightn't love the experience at the top like when you when you get into it but at least you know um and it's good uh, even when you're kind of looking back over the years so maybe 20 years now in HR and when you're looking back over different things um that you've done like what works what hasn't and um, every company and every job is an opportunity for more experience and yeah Eileen I think you've given us some great advice um I want to thank you for your partnership over the years, um, the RFU, of course. Um, the RFU are lucky to have somebody like yourself that's committed to improvement, that's committed to the building a great culture for their people. So I want to thank you for the partnership over the years, Eileen. It's really appreciated. Um, and thanks a lot for joining us today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a million. Thanks for everything, Carl. Red Cube listeners, thank you very much for joining us today. Please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already done so. And of course, leave us a review and tell us what topics would you like us to cover in the future.